It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Richard Lewis Shell has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Richard. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, February 27th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Uh, Scott Johnson could not be with us uh, today. He uh, sends his regrets, but uh, there was a lot of hammering happening in his house. Uh, he will be back, though. Do not worry. We will have Scott back again next week. Um, but we do have a lot of interesting things, including robots and court convictions and, and, and uh, lawsuits and Indian elections. It's all coming up. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Speaking of India, Spotify launched in India on Android, iOS, and the web with premium plans priced at 119 rupees, which is about U.S. $100.67 per month. Free tier users in India can play any song on demand, while most countries limit the free tier to shuffle. So it's a little bit unique here. Some major artists like Ed Sheeran appear to be missing as Spotify's negotiating distribution contracts continuing to anyway with Warner Brothers in India. Spotify faces competition from established music services from Apple, Google, Airtel Wink, and Geo7. I know it's hard to believe, but it's a buck 67 US. Uh, I mean, that's wouldn't cool. that be nice? No, it's that's 119 rupees, right? Yeah. We're, let's all VPN into Russia or into India. Uh, Russia <laughs> is on my mind because a Russian court convicted Ruslan Stoyanov, an executive at Kaspersky Labs, of treason and sentenced him to 14 years in prison. He was convicted alongside a Russian intelligence official. The men were arrested back in 2016 in connection with a case about aiding the U.S. FBI in 2016 during the FBI's investigation of election interference. Details of the court case have been classified. The U.S. Federal Trade Communication Commission, rather, or FTC, will settle a case with Cure Encapsulations over accusations of making false claims about weight loss and paying a third party to post fake reviews on Amazon. The settlement will see Cure Encapsulations pay $50,000, inform Amazon which reviews were paid for, and email any customers who bought the pills with details of those FTC accounts. <laughs> 
<laughs> allegations. I don't want to laugh. I just, um, <sighs> what a nightmare. <laughs> well, it's the first time the FTC has cracked down on third-party reviews. So it's, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a milestone. All right. Let's talk a little bit about wind power, actually. Alphabet's DeepMind has created a machine learning model that predicts the energy output up to 36 hours ahead of time in order to optimize the use of wind power. Now, there's a big problem with wind power because the generation of it is unpredictable and variable. You don't know when the wind is going to pick up. It's hard to predict. Uh, And if the power grid isn't ready for a big surge of wind power, it just gets wasted. So this could optimize wind power to the point that it becomes much more useful as as an alternative energy source. So far, DeepMind has only tested the system on Google's own wind farms. Remember, DeepMind's Alphabet. Alphabet also owns Google. Google has some wind farms to power its data center. So that, that's a nice in-the-family way to test it. Uh, DeepMind also said something like it increased the value of the wind power by 20%, but we don't really know what that means. They didn't give us details on that. Uh, so really, all that means is it worked real well. Uh, it'll be nice to see if they can make this machine learning available to others to test and implement in real world uh, electrical systems outside of the alphabet family, because uh, this could really revolutionize wind power. Yeah, well, and especially when you think of wind power as being connected to the weather, uh, you know, we we all sort of like, ha 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 about the fact that meteorologists are, are only right half the time. If you know when wind is coming into a particular area of, 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 you know, geographic area, that has a lot to say about the weather as well. Yeah, there, and, there could be some implications to that to weather prediction as well. That's a good point. Yeah. This is this is going to this is going to be a very interesting thing to watch uh, as far, especially if you're someone who's interested in alternative. Uh, energy sources catching on and being more usable. Uh, there have been problems with solar and wind power that have kept them from from really contributing in larger amounts to to the power grid. And this could help. This could help change that for sure. Well, sure, yeah. It's you know it, you know you think of solar as like well, if the sun isn't out, then it's not working. Not exactly true. Mm-hmm. But to to be able to go back 36 hours um, ahead of time is extremely advantageous to any company who's trying to harness power like you, this. You basically can kind of ahead. You can look ahead and uh, decide whether or not to keep any kind of spare capacity online since you have to keep a base load of current in the system to keep it working. When you get a huge surge, that means you got to take some stuff offline. It's it's very complicated and very time-consuming. The more lead time you get, the better off you are. Yeah, for sure. ByteDance's TikTok has been downloaded more than 240 million times in India alone, adding 30 million users in the last month, you might say. Wow, that's quite an uptick. Why? Most think of TikTok as an app for teens to create videos and political uh, oriented posts in advance of Indian elections are actually getting tens of millions of views. So that's where these numbers are coming from. At least that's what it appears to be to us. Neither the BJP or Congress parties have officially joined TikTok. However, still, the rising tide of political videos cannot compare with the 13 billion views for videos tagged Bollywood, hashtag Bollywood, and some state ministers are calling for regulation or bans on the app. So in in a related story, in the U.S., TikTok has agreed to pay $5.7 million to the U.S. Federal Trade Commission to settle accusations that Musical.ly, which was acquired by ByteDance, 
and merged into TikTok. You might not know. It's all the same company now. Didn't get parental approval before signing up users younger than 13 of years of age. Starting now, all TikTok users will need to verify their age. And if they're under 13, they, they, they will be directed to a separate app experience that prevents them from publishing videos to TikTok. Yeah. So if you're, if you're younger than 13, you have to get parental approval and you can just kind of watch stuff uh, is yeah. the short version of this. I can't imagine that ByteDance didn't know this was going to be a problem when they acquired Musical.ly. Uh, I imagine a lot of people are going to jump to the conclusion when they see the headlines that it was TikTok, uh, the ByteDance app that preceded Musical.ly uh, that was in violation, and ByteDance being a Chinese company could could raise some eyebrows, but it was Musical.ly. It was not TikTok uh, that is in violation, and ByteDance has actually brought TikTok into compliance now uh, with these changes. There's also some some filtering that you can do with comments now that they're introducing today as well. But getting back to the first thing you mentioned, the idea of TikTok taking off in India in advance of the elections, I think it's caught the major political parties a little flat-footed. They didn't realize that this kids app uh, was going to start playing a serious part in the elections. And it sounds like some of the state officials in India are not happy about that and would like to just get it shut down. Well, and just goes to show you in a market with many millions of users where things, you know, kind of uh, take off like wildfire. This is the sort of thing where before an election, somebody on, you know, those, those election, uh, uh, you know, the, people who are who are working with uh, potential elected officials should kind of have their finger on the pulse of this. Well, and a lot of times we also talk about what's the next wave, right? What's after Twitter? Yeah. What's after Facebook? What's after Snapchat? Well, looks like at least in India, it's TikTok. Because once once it goes from being like, well, there's a niche, especially younger people who use that, but the rest of us don't, to hey, it's it's having an effect on political campaigns. Uh, exactly. It, it's it's yeah. graduated to 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 real life stuff, and I, I think it's interesting that ByteDance is is having to clean up its past in the United States at the same time. Uh, but yeah. Uh, keep an eye on TikTok, folks. If you hadn't already downloaded it and you're into keeping your finger on the pulse, as Sarah says, you might want to create an account. Samsung has begun mass producing a 512 gigabyte smartphone storage chip with embedded universal flash storage or EUFS 3.0 spec. That chip can deliver sequential read speed of 2100 megabytes per second and write speed of 410 megabytes per second. That's about double the speed of the UFS 2.1 chips that Samsung launched in January. Samsung plans to start manufacturing a terabyte model of this in the second half of the year. So these are going into mass production now. They're going to start showing up in devices. And if you're the kind of person who likes to know ahead of time, hey, is there going to be a model with a significantly better spec uh, coming in smartphones, this is the kind of thing you watch for. You watch for the the Snapdragon announcements. You watch for those 5G modem announcements like Qualcomm just made so that you know, okay, the good Qualcomm G, 5G modems aren't going to be coming into phones until 2020. So later this year, you're going to start seeing models with this faster Samsung flash memory, probably in a Samsung Galaxy Note. I wouldn't be too shocked. Uh, and and Roger, I know, I know you were talking in our pre-show meeting that this could sig- have a significant performance upgrade for people. Um, especially, I mean, like, you know, if you were, if you're one of the fans of like, oh, I got an SD card slot in my phone, let me just add a ton of memory. One of the things you find out is UHFS isn't all that, all that speedy compared to what you experience on the desktop. It's usable, 
but not in the way that you would use it on the desktop. With EUFS, you are getting you're now seeing speeds that rival what you would get from a desktop machine, a PC or or, or lap, laptop. And it could could pave the way for basically having a smartphone be your primary computing device. And I mean computing device where it's beyond just email or just beyond web surfing. It's like, you know, like like uh, um, what they were showing off uh, recently with whether it's um, you mean Samsung? productivity apps, Samsung, whether it's productivity apps or, uh, you know, creative apps or anything like that. I mean, you can actually do it. Now that you've reduced the limitation on storage access uh, for read and write, yeah, we've we've solved the problem of connectivity to keyboards and, and monitors. That's not a big deal. They, you know, Samsung has its decks. There are other ways to do it. Uh, so, so processor speed was sort of the next gate one. That that's catching up. Uh, you're starting to see some parity between processor speed on mobile devices and, and desktop devices, at least for you know just day to day use. Uh, and and this is another another brick in that wall. You're absolutely right. Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize how much slower your experience would be trying to use a phone as a desktop computer because of storage, right? It's not just the processor. It's also that read and write speed. Well, but it's, you know, okay. So mobile Congress, you know, it, it freshened our minds. You know, we're talking about foldable phones and hybrids and it's a smartphone. It's a tablet. It's sort of a laptop, you know, all, all of those things in the future, end up being something that this is very advantageous for. Yeah. Right. Uh, because, because you, you, you can actually use this as a primary device. It's not a secondary device. It's, it's more, it's more powerful than, than most desktops that people have seen. Yeah. Or at least a lot of them for sure. Yeah. After a TechCrunch article exposed an issue Tuesday, Apple has removed multiple apps that uh, violate Rule 4.3 in the App Store guidelines. That rule says you cannot release the same app multiple times with different app names, different keywords, and different descriptions in an effort to keep selling the app. Uh, that's the same app under multiple names. A TechCrunch report notes that VoIP apps specifically have been removed, but also notes that the rule applies to any categories using this app store optimization strategy. JPEG Labs, that's a company, has four different apps. They each let you print photos in Walgreens stores or CVS stores. If you're not familiar with those, they're very common drugstores in the US, which appear to be the same app. MailPix, that's another, uh, another, um, company which acquired a photo buckets printing app seems to be an example of having multiple apps in the app store that do the exact same thing yeah i can't tell if that jpeg labs one is actually exactly the same app or if one of them only works at walgreens one of them only works at cvs uh so there could be a branding reason there that would get by this, but most of the time companies will do this because it it's, it's like spam. If you have four apps with different names, then you're more likely to have more people stumble across your app as they search for various things uh, because you have different descriptions and different names. So Apple says you can't do that. You're not allowed to have multiple apps that are exactly the same thing just to try to increase your search engine score. Uh, And because TechCrunch pointed out that, hey, a lot of people are doing this and it's apparently against your rules, looks like Apple's starting to crack down on it. Yeah, I'd I'd be interested to know what a company like JPEG Labs, which we're we're singling out, even though it's for sure not the only company um, that, that, that raised some flags here, 
Why would if you if you have to have an app to let people print photos within Walgreens or CVS, why would it have to be a completely different app name? Why would it be unclear that you were behind the app the entire time? Why would you know the keywords be completely different? If if this is not a nefarious, if the company was like, no, 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 we were just following rules, you know, say so. And and I, I I think that that's unclear to everybody at this point. Yeah, it looks like it's just a spamming technique. Again, except in the JPEG yeah. Labs one where I'm like, well, unless one of them is tied to a particular drugstore, I guess that could be an excuse. But otherwise, there's really no other reason to do this. Right. Even then, though, it, w- it would be it would be somewhat odd that the drugstore in question would say, well, you have to have a completely different app name. Well, because they have a system. Maybe they have a, a security issue that's like, no, we need it. The app will do the same thing, but it'll only log into our system. We don't want people to log into the competitor system on that app. But then it arguably isn't the same app. Right. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, the reviews came out of NDA today for Shadow Ghost. Uh, it's a box you plug into your TV so you can take advantage of the $35 a month Shadow Gaming PC streaming service. Patrick Beja uh, has talked about this before. If you're unfamiliar, Shadow streaming service works on almost any device. Uh, tablets, phones, PCs, laptops. So you can just plug a computer or a tablet into a TV if you wanted, Um, but it allows you to operate a a remote gaming PC. You get a high-spec gaming PC that's super performance, and then you can play games on it on any device. Now, a lot of people don't want to plug in a tablet or a PC into their TV, so for 140 bucks you can buy the Shadow Ghost and plug that into your TV instead. And it looks like a nice little uh, set-top box. Uh, it's it's an upgrade over the Shadow box, which Shadow had out previously. It adds in Wi-Fi. Uh, it's fanless, so it's a little quieter. Reviewers found it generally seems to work okay at 1080p and 60 frames per second, though the streaming is compressed. Uh, colors get washed out. looks a little bit different. It's not quite as sharp as you would get if you actually were running the PC yourself. And 4K on the Ghost... Uh, from multiple multiple reviewers gets notably choppy. Uh, also, multiple reviewers noted that Wi-Fi seems to make lag problems worse on the Shadow Ghost than it is on other devices that they've tried the Shadow service. Some had Bluetooth connectivity issues with the Ghost, especially because you have to set up Bluetooth connections before you launch the remote machine. Uh, on, when you're using the Shadow Ghost, particularly, so the reviews aren't terribly glowing uh, for this. Whereas the reviews of Shadow as a service on the PCs generally are a lot more positive. Uh, yeah. So this is, I mean, this is, I'm, you know, it's a little outside my wheelhouse of 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 the kind of content that I would be wanting to access. But I will say, with somebody who has her TV mounted into the wall, anything that requires me to plug anything into that television, even if it makes a lot of other things work well is problematic <laughs> well that that's a bad mounting then you should you should be able to plug and unplug anything you want into your tv no i mean because i've run out of i've run out of inputs oh you need it's an not HDMI. that i don't have access you need an hdmi hub then is what you need i suppose so yeah um, mount that too well and that is you know that's a good point though if you're like hey i already have a roku and an apple tv and something else plugged in here i don't want to have to get an hdmi hub for this this doesn't uh, have anything else but access to Shadow, which gives you a Windows PC. You could use it to launch a browser, but that's another and one that, of the complaints. And that about actually this. would that that would that I would want that. But that's another but, one of the complaints but, about this is you have to have a keyboard and mouse to operate the Windows part part of it, which isn't really like you know a lean back experience. And a lot of people complain yeah. that it's very small. It's hard to see on the screen when you're trying to hit check boxes and stuff like that. So 
Legendary Studios has signed a six-year deal with Norwegian video game developer Funcom to produce at least three new games based on the Frank Herbert's Dune IP. The games will target both PC and consoles with pre-production on an open-world multiplayer title rumored to have already started. The original Dune game, released in 1992, was an RTS adventure game hybrid, followed by Dune 2. Then there was Dune 2000, a remake of Dune 2, uh, Emperor. And then Battle for Dune, all RTS games, and Frank Herbert's Dune, an adventure game based on sci-fi's Dune miniseries. Holy crap. Roger, I know you're a Dune fan. Um, What is up with this Dune uh, resurgence if it ever went away in in the first place? Well, there is a upcoming, I think, reboot or not reboot redoing of dune for the big screen mm-hmm. uh but also dune or at least dune 2 was kind of one of the first modern rts games to come out so the whole concept of collecting resources fighting your enemies and managing all that on the screen a lot of people cut their teeth I and mean, this is before windows really took off as a an os that you would game on so there was i think it was still it was right at the beginning of windows 95 um but Dune is such a cult following that I'm surprised that no one's tried to uh, do this before. Now, I knew there were a couple of failed attempts to get this IP off the ground again, but uh, I'm really excited. Um, Funcom is a company that has done uh, a number of games, mostly adventure games, so it would be very interesting to see how they do with this IP. If it's going to be like an RTS, it's going to be an adventure game, it's going to be a little of both, or, or, or as the rumors allude to, some sort of uh, open world online you know, multiplayer game. It'll be interesting to see what they do. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, robots. I promised you robots. It's time to talk about robots. FedEx announced it will use short-range delivery robots between its offices in Memphis as a trial towards wider use for FedEx delivery. These are the kind of robots you've been seeing from Star. I think DoorDash was using them. Amazon's look like, like this is going to be the wave of the future. You're going to see these little like coolers on wheels, basically rolling around everywhere. FedEx says it's in talks with multiple retailers uh, to use these once it gets out of the trial phase. AutoZone, Pizza Hut, you know, the obvious suspects to say, hey, if you're within three miles of a store and you'd like something delivered, they could use these little FedEx seven-day delivery box bots. Meanwhile, Agility Robotics has unveiled a bipedal robot called Digit with four arms that have four degrees of freedom that it can use for balance, pushing doors and lifting boxes up to 40 pounds. It has LiDAR sensors to help navigate its surroundings and a control system that helps it navigate cluttered rooms and stairs. In fact, that FedEx robot that I was just talking about was designed for FedEx by Dean Kamen, you know, the guy who developed the Segway, and sure. also yeah. the wheelchair that could climb stairs. The FedEx robots can go upstairs. So these robots are going to be going upstairs. This agility robot uh, is, according to Jonathan Hurst, agility CTO, when he was talking to IEEE Spectrum, aimed at delivery, telepresence, and entertainment, among other sectors, and their shipping a lot of times we talk about robots in this show and it's like, oh, it's a prototype or, oh, they hope to make these available. Oh, Agility Robotics is going to release pricing in mid-2019 with deliveries starting in Q1 2020. Well, so I say they're shipping. They're not shipping yet. They could they could miss these dates, but they intend to sell these to you. Uh, so now we're going to have bipedal robots for delivery along with these little rolling coolers uh, for delivery. The future of robotics is looking bright right now. 
And I think that, you know, a lot of us, uh, myself included, I have some stairs that I have to walk up to get into my apartment every day. And I'm like, could the robot come up my stairs? But, but I think delivery, telepresence and entertainment is really important because delivery, like, okay, that, that would make sense if this was something that, you know, I had ordered that's going to be delivered and somehow the robot could get into my front gate and, you know, that sort of thing. But are we talking about movie theaters when we talk about entertainment? Like what, you know, what, what sort Oh no. When I, when I hear entertainment, I think of theme parks you know uh, what? When okay. I haul around two kids around Disneyland, it'd be great to have a little robot to manage all my like, like a, a roboticized courier that holds all my like my diaper bag, all the that stuff. Is, I yeah, need to yeah, get that's not that is a it perfectly follows. legitimate use of this agility robot. And maybe they'll they'll. That's not what they mean by entertainment, yeah. though. Is carrying your diapers at the theme well, park? So it, what, oh, it would what, but what me. do they mean? I think because I, 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 I thought it was a little. When Roger said theme park, I started nodding my head because, yeah, these are the kind of robots that would be in interactive uh, entertainment situations, right? So at a theme park, instead of the robots being behind a screen and they're really animatronic and they do the same things every time, they could just be walking around with you, right? They could be doing all kinds of cool stuff and, and it would be an immersive environment. I feel like that's probably what they're talking about here is some sort of interactive entertainment theme park type Unless, unless they do, they do another Ocean's Eleven that revolves around using these <laughs> as part of the heist. Yeah, I don't think well, they mean the robots will yeah. be in a movie, though. That's they a, should. That's like prime material. Know, I don't and, think they, and they that. will be. Like that's just. I mean, that happens all the time. That wouldn't be news. That wouldn't be that that interesting. And I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that's not what Jonathan Hurst means. Telepresence well, you know, is an interesting one, though. Go, go uh, where on, this robot on. becomes you in another place in another meeting. If it def- I could see, oh, I'm sorry. I could see telepresence being huge in any kind of hazardous industry. For example, if you're dealing with uh, hazardous materials, chemicals, radioactive situations, you remotely being able to operate and say, "Hey, I need to take this radioactive yeah, material from yeah, here yeah. into a into a safe, you know, leaded, sealed off location." Um, that was one of the issues with Fukushima is they had no way of getting in to parts of the reactor mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. did require a person to physically be in there to manipulate the various controls. Yeah, and that's where that LIDAR system that can navigate clutter, cluttered rooms. I mean, a disaster area might be too much for it at this point, but that's the kind of thing you need it to be able to do is walk walk around stuff, you know, and and move through stuff, not just roll over stuff, so... Well, and that's, uh, yeah, I mean, the implications of that are, are, are vast and very cool. Um, I wanted to mention that in the FedEx article about FedEx's uh, short-range delivery robots, they would be able to go up to 10 miles per hour, which is not super fast, but on a sidewalk, when I'm walking my dog, sure, that's, that's yeah. re- like, it's, okay. it's the sort of thing where you think like, okay, realistically, how often am I going to yeah. encounter these? And, and, you know, how disruptive might it be to the, 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 the strolling on sidewalks that we're all doing? No, but saying they can go up to 10 miles per hour doesn't mean they'll always be going 10 miles per hour. That means that's, that's their tr- maximum That's true, speed. but 10 miles per hour is kind of fast. No, but 10 miles an hour is like, that's the maximum they could ever achieve. Your car well, can go 120 miles an hour. You don't drive it at 120 miles an hour all the time, right? Well, okay. So, so maybe this my thing, question this is, thing how is often ma- are you going? Going 10 miles per hour when you've got I assume you know, not very often if FedEx doesn't want to get sued off their butts well okay. 
that's at least that's where I think. That's, that's well, we'll revisit this. I guess, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, Tom. <laughs> naive assessment of FedEx is correct. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. You're probably right. They're probably not always going that fast. I'm just saying. I've got a dog. He's afraid of skateboards. This is the sort of thing that's like going to make my morning walks less fun. I look at this as like, oh, 10 miles an hour is the fastest they'll let this thing go. That's good. That means it'll probably be going four or five most of the time, like walking speed. Uh, even so. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, don't forget to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com and get all those headlines. Also, everybody who participates in our subreddit, thank you very much in advance for all the cool stuff you're going to give us tomorrow morning because I'm doing Daily Tech Headlines. <laughs> Submit stories and vote on the others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com and facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnews, also where you can hang out with us. All right, let's move on to traveler Chris Christensen, our amateur traveler, in fact, who is back to explain something called skip lagging. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. The particular tip I have in mind today is controversial, and I say it is controversial because it actually came to my attention because of a lawsuit. Lufthansa is suing a passenger for skip lagging. And what skip lagging is, is when you buy a stopover ticket and then you get off at the stopover with no plans of doing the final leg of your journey. And you can sometimes get a cheaper airfare if you do that, but the airlines don't like it. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. And so there is some risk involved, but there's actually even a site that lets you use this particular loophole. And this is skiplagged.com. And they proudly proclaim that they have been sued by United <laughs> and won. So if you are willing to take a chance, skiplag.com or the practice of skip lagging might save you some money on airfare, not counting the legal fees. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. I've that, definitely skip lagged. Have you really? Oh, yes. That's in violation of the terms of your ticket purchase. Well, I suppose it was. 
but well, it, honestly, you like, know, what if you get some money? What if you just get caught up, right? Like, oh, I just, you know, I something came up and I, I had to, I had to get it. Right. Or like, I like it so much here. I'm just not going to get yeah. on the second leg of this my layover. Journey, has been you know? so like, enjoyable. I didn't mean to Forget screw it. over yeah. the airline. Yeah. No, you know what? There are some real reasons why this is harmful to airlines and why they give you a lower fare if you go on. Uh, I would like someone to explain that in two or three sentences. Uh, email us feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com where we will read your email and possibly check it out on the mailbag. Yes, indeed. Brad was listening to yesterday's DTNS 3476. I was not on the show, but I heard it was very good. Brad says, your conversation about Apple services spanning multiple platforms. You mentioned Apple Music, but I wondered what you'd think uh, if Apple decided to make iMessages cross-platform instead. In my opinion, this would be a game changer. I don't know how much, but I'd pay more for iCloud if it included Windows and Android. I don't think that would be as big as music or TV, uh, but I think you're right. It would be bigger than iCloud, and it certainly might be something that folks would like, especially on Android, where, where folks often complain about the confusing array of messaging options. Although, frankly, I think more people just use WhatsApp or WeChat, depending on what part of the world you're in. So I don't know. I don't know if that'd be as big of a deal as not. I'm sure a lot of people would like it, though. I mean, I I, I use iMessages with lots of Android folks um, because that's something that was uh, offered to us a few years ago. It wasn't originally and works out okay. Yeah. Wait, so, so they have iMessage on Android? Or are you just talking about text messages? Because, you can yeah. you can bring in SMS into the yeah, iMessage yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, universe, right, right. you know. And, I think, and, what, I think and, what Brad is saying is like, what if the whole iMessage thing was there, which would be interesting. Well, then we're, it's almost like we're going back to SMS again. Uh, but you would get to uh, have those fun iOS reactions for everybody to see. Uh, who probably likes be those? Available. Yeah. Uh, Our goal each month is to get one more patron than last month, and you could be that person that puts us over the top. Be a DTNS hero member. Uh, get us over the goal line. We only have one more day left tomorrow in February. It's a short month, uh, and we need just a few of you uh, to sign up and become a member. You get all kinds of special perks, including commercial-free RSS feed options, special episodes from myself and Sarah, columns from Roger. Uh, go find out all the cool things you can get and help us get over that goal line at patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Keep the feedback coming. We love to hear from you. We're also live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.